Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In today's episode, we're going to conclude our series, 12 Marks of the Man of God. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Episode 5. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. In today's episode, we're going to conclude our three-part series, 12 Marks of the Man of God. You can find the first two lessons in our feed on iTunes or on Android. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the Cut It Straight Podcast, please do so. And if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, good or bad, in iTunes or Android, this will help us get our podcast to more listeners. So in today's episode, we're going to conclude our series, 12 Marks of the Man of God. In the first session, we looked at the first four marks of the man of God, which is found in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 6 through 15. We began with, the man of God is a watchman. He is a good servant. He is a student of scripture, and he avoids false doctrine. In our second session, we looked at the next four marks, which were, the man of God disciplines himself for godliness. He's a hard worker. He teaches with authority, and he is an example of spiritual maturity. In today's session, we're going to conclude our series by looking at the final four marks of the man of God, which are, the man of God has a biblical ministry. He doesn't neglect his calling. He's consumed with his calling, and he is progressing in spiritual growth. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, Paul says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Every craftsman, architect, artist, and mechanic needs the right tools to complete his work. The man of God, as a laborer and worker, has to have the correct tools. The material that the man of God uses is the Scripture. Every Christian minister is to have a biblical ministry. We will use other materials, books, and resources to assist and guide our ministry, but they are only supplements to the Word of God. The excellent minister is to have a thoroughly biblical ministry. Paul says to Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and the teaching. Until Paul returned to Ephesus, Timothy was to be devoted to building the church up through the Word of God. We do not build great churches through charisma and personality. We do not build a church with the leading philosophical methods of growth according to the world. Instead, we build a church by discipling people through using the Word of God. In the Great Commission, Jesus told His apostles that they are going to baptize and to teach everything that He had commanded. Paul commissioned Timothy to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and the teaching. The word devote in the the Greek means to give attention to. Bible commentator John Kitchen wrote that it meant to occupy oneself with, to devote or apply oneself to. The present tense imperative demands that the action be undertaken repeatedly. 
Bible commentator Donald Guthrie wrote that this particular verb implies previous preparation in private. Timothy was to teach and impart what he had studied in private. Public ministry begins in private devotion and study. Public reading of Scripture is empty unless you are familiar with Scripture in private. The public reading of Scripture is in reference to in the Old Testament as it refers to Jewish customs of reading the Scriptures aloud in the synagogue. Uh, you can find references of that in Acts 13 and 15 and 2 Corinthians uh, 3 and 14. The reading of Scripture was followed by the explanation of the Scripture. Example of this can be found in Ezra's giving up the sense of the law in Nehemiah 8, 1 through 8, and Jesus' reading of Isaiah in Luke 4. The man of God is to give the explanation of the text, not his opinion of the text. That is why I believe it is dangerous when people go around and give their opinions of Scripture. They say, I think this text is saying. This is where exegesis and hermeneutical principles must be applied. Exhortation is not about giving your ideas, but allowing the text to say what was originally intended. The word exhortation in the Greek alludes to the act of earnestly supporting or encouraging a response or an action. The man of God appeals to his listeners to take action to what has been read. We comfort and encourage through the scriptures to take heed to the Bible's commands and instructions. We are to be more than just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. The word teaching that Paul uses here appears no less than 15 times in the pastoral epistles. The man of God is to read the scriptures publicly, exhort, and teach. This trifold communicating of the word of God is important for the growth of the church. Read, exhort, teach, read, and explain. Exegete and exposit the text. We need young ministers to take up the mantle of teaching the Bible. Preaching topical sermons has its place, but the real need is for the depths of the Bible to be mined and explored, then taught to the people. Next, the man of God does not neglect his calling. Paul reminds Timothy, don't neglect the spiritual gift that God had given him. The word neglect in the Greek means to not abandon or to lose interest or not to be concerned with. Timothy was facing many obstacles and pressures in Ephesus. Such pressures may have led Paul to think that Timothy was considering giving up. Some who enter into the ministry can lose interest in it. Things may not turn out the way they intend, or a door may not open as quickly as they want. So in turn, they lose interest, or they abandon their ministry. I've seen many young preachers neglect their calling and pursue something else. This is where you should make your calling and election sure. It is also important that you have accountability to a pastor and local church who can help you stay on track. Timothy's ministry was confirmed by the laying on of hands by the Council of Ministers. The church collectively affirmed the calling on Timothy's life. I tell young preachers that once they make the public declaration that they are called, they are then held accountable. You live in a glass house and everything you do is scrutinized. This is also true when you start neglecting the call in your life. I thought you were a preacher. I thought you were called to the ministry. Those types of things bring a great sting if you're neglecting your calling. Next, he says, the man of God is to be consumed with his calling. Paul says, practice these things and be absorbed in them. 
The opposite of neglecting your calling is being totally consumed with your calling. The minister is to give his life completely to his calling. You can't be a preacher one day and not be a preacher the next day. The call of God should consume your very being. The phrase, practice these things, is translated in the New American Standard Bible as take pains with these things. In the Greek, it carries the idea of repetition and doing something over and over again. You are always to be doing these things in the ministry, praying, preparing, studying, reading, preaching, teaching, and leading. You do them over and over and over again. He says, immerse yourself in them. Be consumed with them. The King James Version translated as, give thyself wholly to them. The New American Standard says, be absorbed in them. Bible commentator Donald Guthrie comments, the mind is to be as immersed in these pursuits as the body in the air it breathes. He continues and says, as a fish lives and moves and has its being in water, as the bird is made for the sky and the worm for the earth, so must we be in these things. We must be absorbed in these things. Finally, verse 15 says, that all may see your progress. The last mark of the man of God is that he is to be continually progressing in spiritual growth. Timothy was to be the example to the believers in Ephesus. If Timothy desired to see his saints grow and mature in the faith, then he too would have to progress in spiritual growth. The, the phrase uh, progress in the Greek was used in the military to speak of an advancing force. Bible commentator John MacArthur says that the Stoics use this particular word to describe the advancement of learning, understanding, and knowledge. Invisible discipline results in observable growth. What you continue to do in private, such as prayer, fasting, study, and preparation, will be visible to all those that you lead. This should also be visible to your peers and especially to your family. The man of God should never level off in his spiritual growth. You never graduate from pursuing the spiritual disciplines. You never become a perfect spiritual man. We continue to grow spiritually until we reach that eternal reward. For three lessons, we have covered the 12 marks of the man of God. They are as followed in 1 Timothy 4, beginning at verse number 6. The man of God is a watchman. The man of God is a good servant. He is a student of Scripture. He avoids false doctrine. He disciplines himself for godliness. The man of God is a hard worker. He teaches with authority. He's an example of spiritual maturity. He has a biblical ministry. He does not neglect or abandon his calling. He is consumed with his calling, and he is progressing in spiritual growth. To pursue excellence in your ministry and preaching, these 12 marks should be your aim. These are the marks of excellence and the qualifying characteristics of the man of God. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, visit my website, nswhitley.com. Subscribe to the Cut It Straight podcast on iTunes and Android. 
be sure to follow me on Twitter at NS Whitley and go to my Facebook page and like and share.